0: Welcome to AZ Politicast, I'm Steve Goldstein. Earlier this month, New York Times Magazine reporter Robert Draper wrote a lengthy feature on Arizona's senior U.S. Senator Kirsten Cinema, covering her childhood up to her 2024 re-election prospects as an independent rather than a Democrat. I spoke to Draper before that piece was published, and our focus was on a different wing of Arizona's congressional delegation, and how tied some of them were to the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Draper's most recent book, Weapons of Mass Delusion, When the Republican Party Lost Its Mind, includes information on Representatives Paul Gosar and Andy Biggs. Gosar is even on the book's cover, along with Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Coming up, my conversation with Robert Draper, as AZ Politicast starts now. The War in Iraq George W. Bush's presidency, the making of the Tea Party. All of those were topics journalist Robert Draper examined in previous books. His latest continues that career trend of taking on the most impactful parts of U.S. politics. It's called Weapons of Mass Delusion, when the Republican Party lost its mind. When I recently talked with Draper, I wanted him to explain why Arizona had attracted a significant number of people who thought the 2020 presidential election was rigged, which has been proven to be inaccurate time and time again and why that included at least two members of our state's congressional delegation.
1: Well, yeah, Steve, the the remarkable thing about Arizona is that um, after all, it is becoming a swing state. It it, um, has a completely divided state legislature. Uh, It's two uh, US senators are both Democrats. And then, of course, um, President Trump lost Arizona to, um, to Joe Biden in 2020. And so you'd think under those circumstances that the Arizona Republican Party um, would descend into reflection and decide, you know, we've got to figure out a way to uh, appeal to those voters who were turned off by Trump. But instead, the opposite has occurred. You mentioned um, Congressman Paul Gosar, uh, who plays a key role in my book, as well as um, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, and they are exhibits A and B of um, election denialists, um, uh, MAGA's uh, adjacent supporters of the president um, who have doubled down on the kind of um, uh, uh, delusional notions relating to uh, uh, the 2020 election, COVID vaccines, Um, what took place on January the 6th and other, frankly, lies um, that have led to a deeply misinformed electorate in Arizona and elsewhere.
0: To some people, uh, Congressman Biggs was a surprise because he'd always been very conservative and he was the state Senate president. Ultimately, when it came to January 6th and then henceforth, did Biggs and Gosar actually seem like they were almost identically in the same orbit at this time?
1: um just about yes i mean there's if a distinction at, at that level is as they say it's probably meaningless you know between the two um what what did strike uh, um me as interesting regarding both gosar and biggs was that um uh, they may have sincerely believed um that the election was stolen but they also believed something else and that was that saying that the election was stolen was the best way to prevail in the right-wing attention economy, the best way to um, be invited to um, high-profile events, the best way to raise money online, um, the the best way essentially to get ahead. And so um, uh, I I found in my reporting in Arizona, more so than anywhere else in America, perhaps, um, there is uh, a right-wing media ecosystem that um, not simply enables, but incentivizes um, uh, elected officials like Gosar and Biggs to say things that they know aren't true. For example, uh, in Phoenix, um, Turning Point USA um, uh, is uh, headquartered. Uh, That is a a right-wing, more or less youth-centric group uh, co-founded by um, Charlie Kirk who has become a very, very powerful political presence of his own with a grassroots network that extends well beyond Arizona. Um, Kirk is um, uh, also a podcaster, really one of the most influential people of the right, and and one of the most fluent at promoting disinformation. Um, uh, I've heard him in 2022 doing the same thing about the election, insisting that uh, it was going to be stolen again by Democrats and um, that this was going to mark uh, the the really the end of civilized society and um, and he's one case in point the most obvious one but far from the only one and um, and this disinformation is repeated um, from uh, the grassroots and precinct committee men and women who um, constitute the grassroots of the Republican Party uh, percolating well upward uh, to a point where we saw in Arizona. Um, Carrie Lake as the uh, nominee for governor of Arizona, uh, continuing to spout lies about the election and continuing to say to this day that her election was stolen from her.
0: Robert, it's so hard in a conversation like this to avoid the word why. What led to this being not only something that a lot of sincere people believed, but then also to use the term grifters, a lot of grifters tried to take advantage of it.
1: Well, I mean, as to the second part, I think you've answered your own question that that, um, when there's a financial um, incentive um, to promote these lies, then you'll find people who will take advantage of that system. Um, But as to why uh, ordinary folks would believe these things, I think that um, the stolen election in a lot of ways, um, Steve, was a kind of metaphor for this greater sense of forfeiture or this greater sense of loss that they had experienced over the years in which America was ceasing um, bit by bit to become the America that they knew and the America that they enjoyed and that it was being taken over by the left, by wokeness, by people of color uh, and uh, was ceasing to become recognizable to them. So um, in a lot of ways, the 2020 uh, stolen election notion uh, conformed to um, their experience. That, um, that their hard work and their rightful place in the center of America had been stolen from them. And so it, uh, far from it being a new and startling development in American life, um, it actually was part and parcel of what they had been feeling for some time.
0: As some Republicans double down on these sorts of things with the oversight, is that something that could ultimately backfire? And if it does, does the party ever swing back to that point? Or if it does, is that far in the distance?
1: Well, that's clearly the hope that we're seeing right now amongst many in the Republican Party, Steve. I mean, you, you can see the push um, by establishment Republicans, by business Republicans, to find a um, a not-Trump nominee for 2024 and um, individuals coalescing around Ron DeSantis and, and prematurely uh, saying that um, uh, President Trump's uh, uh, quest to um, uh, to run again and, and be reelected to president is dead in the water. I, I think that these are really really premature. I do think that, that um, what you're alluding to may well prove to be the case that um, Republicans will continue to lose general elections because they are so far out of the mainstream. Um, but as long as the Republican base is so transfixed by Trump and Trumpism, Um, uh, um, And as long as the right wing media ecosystem um, exists and continues to pump lies into the bloodstream of this base, then it's hard to imagine how um, we're going to see uh, mainstream candidates uh, prevail in the primary and thus be available for the general election. After all, Steve, we saw what we saw. Uh, in Arizona in 2022, right? I mean, where, um, uh, uh, um, you know, um, the nominees for governor, secretary of state um, and other offices, uh, uh, U.S. Senate, um, were people who embraced uh, conspiracy theories and um, were penalized for doing so at the ballot box. Uh, So there will continue to be, I think, in the foreseeable future, a divide between what the general electorate wants and what um, the Republican base wants. And I honestly do not know um, how or when it will come to pass that that base will be divested of these delusions um, that they have now embraced for years.
0: And thanks to Robert Draper for joining me to talk about his latest book, Weapons of Mass Delusion, When the Republican Party Lost Its Mind. Draper is a New York Times magazine contributor, and he wrote a recent piece on Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema. And now it's time for the segment we're calling "It's Not Personal, It's Politics." Now we move from Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar to another fully invested Donald Trump supporter, former gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake who lost to now governor Katie Hobbs last November. Lake is about to be a published author, though the way these projects usually work, she collaborated with a ghostwriter at the very least. The book, scheduled to be published in late June, is titled Unafraid, Just Getting Started. Its cover, or what Amazon is showing as the cover at this point, features Lake with a closed mouth smile, which could be labeled as smug, and her face is projected in front of a US flag. If her smile were less smug and more joyful, you might think of Steve Carell in the posters for the film The 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's an easy joke to make about why Lake would move forward with an autobiography, considering a not-insignificant number of her Republican peers have been moving to banned books. But she and her advisors must see some value in it. Presidential candidates, or those looking to jump into that ring in the near future, have taken the book route for generations. That abbreviated list includes Ronald Reagan, Barry Goldwater, Barack Obama, and John McCain. And whether the publicity is positive or negative, it provides an earned media opportunity. But will there be deeply held challenging political philosophies in Unafraid, like Goldwater emphasized in The Conscience of a Conservative, or emotional intimate details like Obama offered in Dreams from My Father? doesn't seem likely when the promotional lines include, quote, It's a story of a woman who takes a sledgehammer to every obstacle she faces, end quote. So the book is probably just another opportunity to make public appearances and do TV segments to give producers and hosts a reason to talk to Lake more than six months after she lost an election and before she makes an official announcement about whether she's going to run for the U.S. Senate seat, currently held by Kirsten Cinema. Now, Senator Cinema, with a unique backstory, legislative accomplishments, the designation as the first Arizona Democrat to win a U.S. Senate race in more than 25 years when she was victorious in 2018— And near constant controversy over the frustration and anger she's generated among her former fans in her former political party, she could compose an intriguing, hard-to-put-down book that has bestseller potential. Technically, Cinema is already a published author with Unite and Conquer, How to Build Coalitions that Win and Last, but that one hit bookshelves a couple of years before she was elected to Congress. And since Carrie Lake's book will be available in June, and likely Democratic U.S. Senate nominee Ruben Gallego saw his life story put on the page in 2021, in They Called Us Lucky, the life and afterlife of the Iraq war's hardest hit unit, Senator Cinema shouldn't wait too much longer to tell her own story in print, both because of how fascinating it could be to learn about the Senator in her own words, and because if oddsmakers are reading the signs accurately, she may not be called a Senator for much longer. And that closes out this edition of AZ Politicast. Thanks again to Robert Draper for joining me in conversation. His latest book is Weapons of Mass Delusion, When the Republican Party Lost Its Mind. And thank you very much for listening. I'm looking for your feedback at azpoliticast at gmail.com. That's azpoliticast at gmail.com. I'd appreciate your guest and topic suggestions about Arizona politics. Past, present, and if possible, future. You can even suggest yourself. Music for this podcast is from Epidemic Sound. AZ Politicast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and please spread the word about AZ Politicast to anyone you think would be interested. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks again for listening to AZ Politicast.